Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ducks land a massive recruiting class. Oregon State, they, they signed some dudes. And the Blazers, in need of an alpha, fall to the, one of the worst teams in the NBA. And I was there to suffer through it. Brenna Green, however, was not. So she is more cheerful this morning, maybe, than I am after witnessing that madness. But welcome to the Oregonian Sports Podcast. Uh, Brenna Green works for Coin6. I work for the Oregonian, as you probably know by now. But before we get started on this jam-packed show, be sure to subscribe to our subtext feature by sending join to 503-386-0095. You will receive a link. Click that link, and you can start a 14-day trial of receiving text straight to your phone from myself and Bill Orm and James Crepia and Nick Daschle, etc. But not Brenna Green. Brenna Green's not going to harass you with texts and hot takes, but we will. But she'll give you a lot of hot takes here today on the pod. What up, what up, Green? I saw you for the first time in like a while the other day. You were at the Suns game. You brought the Blazers some good luck. They won, and then you stopped. And, and then you didn't come back again. I was going to say, am I, am I the good juju? I mean, they were on a seven-game losing streak. I don't think you were at any of those seven. That. And and then you show up and bam, they no, beat the Suns. No, I so was I'm, not. I'm just saying the Blazers need to hire you and just make you come every night. I I know, right? Just just <laughs> just pay me a nightly appearance fee. You know, that's that's all. Wait, I'm don't start the for, game. Okay? Don't start the game. Is Brennan in her seat? Um, get her, get her to her seat. Get her some nachos. Hook her up. Okay, we can start. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> give oh, me my cinnamon roll, roll baby. Um, that's oh, that's that's the go-to when I go to Blazers Ooh. games. I always go get a cinnamon roll. Um, yeah, I uh, I did not I did not endure uh, that lovely Wizards loss last night. I did, I, you know, I I did follow along on my phone. And it was as it was going down. I was like, oh, they're making a comeback. Ooh, what happened here? The and then oh, like a, they made the Wizards look like look. Ah, geez, I can't even say it. They made the Wizards look like an Eastern Conference contender. Anyway. Uh, we'll get we'll get to that. Let's start. Uh, let's start with the Oregon yeah, Ducks. We'll get there. The Ducks under Dan Lanning rolled out on signing day and put together a top five recruiting class based on I think every uh, website that ranks such things. First top five class in program history, which obviously is an accomplishment. However, I will have to add and always add from here on forward that there's a difference between recruiting and buying 
they're spending a lot of money to flip some guys and that's just, that's just how it, that's how it works but it is definitely a different world than it has been in the past so take that as you will but regardless mm-hmm. on paper and again i always talk about you know recruiting classes are what they are until you know you see them actually play and mario cristobal had a lot of really highly ranked classes and most of those kids ended up in the transfer portal so we'll see how this pans out but on paper right now based on signing day a plus for the ducks no doubt right yeah, I mean, you know, he's had two very successful signing days so far in his tenure, so I will totally give Dan Lanning that. I mean, last year was a uh, last year was the cigar class. This year is because uh, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget that. Uh, la- so that 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 recruiting class is known as right. the cigar class for me. Um, and then, you know, this year they, they get a few guys to flip at the, the very last second. They get some some wide receivers, which they needed with the, the guys that are are leaving. And they they hadn't they hadn't gotten any big guys out of the portal in that position. So, um, yeah, I mean, shout out to them. You know, you and I are you, you have talked a lot about how Mario Cristobal in particular got a lot of really great, like high level recruits or at least purportedly high level recruits and then they not all of them ended up working out so well so you know we'll we'll see the proof (laughs) when it's in the pudding but um but i mean nobody nobody can hate on going out there and and getting guys we had somebody who emailed our station and was like (laughs) i would like to know the numbers of how much film night spent on this recruiting class and i'm like okay um so you will never know those numbers. <laughs> this is not something that we can just public access, uh, pub- pub- public records request here, okay? That's that's not how this works. The collectives are separate from the school. We cannot FOIA <laughs> them as much as we would love to because that would be some fascinating stuff to, yep. to, to get, you know? How, how much money did Oregon spend on this recruiting class? Uh, I, would, I would love to see that. Uh, but, uh, that, that's not the reality. We know a lot of money was spent. We do not know the numbers. You know, a lot of these, uh, collectives, you have to sign in the NDAs before you even start talking to them. So, uh, yeah, those, those numbers are um, not, not public info and will not be public info unless somebody leaks them, uh, which would be kind of shocking because why would you do that? I don't see any sort of advantage in doing that sort of thing. So, uh, but yeah, you know, an, an interesting day on on that front. I, personally, I find signing day to mostly be a made-up sports holiday. <laughs> Agreed. Um, not my most fascinating thing of all time, you know, and I, I think that also, like, you know, I... Like when it gets to the point that I, I got, I, I was over signing day very quickly in my career because my first two years in my career, I was working in Montana and it's like, all right, are we showing up to signing day for a kid who's going to Montana Western an NAIA school? <laughs> like we're really doing this right now. Like, so I was, I was over it from a very young age in this profession uh, you know, it's it's interesting. It's fun to follow, but it's not something that um, that butters my bread personally. Yeah, 
I used to be really interested in it back in the day when Oregon was sort of still in the process of trying to forge ahead and get, you know, higher uh, rated classes. Um, but, you know, the last 10 years, I've just kind of been like, uh, because, you know, what matters is what's in, what ends up on the product. And you, you see, when you look at so many classes come through and then you see how many players are gone for a variety of reasons that don't work out. And that's par for the course. I mean, it's not like if you sign, if you sign 25 guys a year yeah, or 20 guys a year, they can't all start. That's just math. Right. So that's fine. But it's just, uh, yeah. That's but you know, my thing is kind of like, okay, get, is your talent evaluation on par with the stars? The stars are somewhat made up and it's become this really weird like way we rate kids and it's extremely flawed. First of all, there's way too many four-star kids. Too, too many four-star kids don't pan out for there to be that many four-star kids. Um, but part of it is the more four-star kids you have to be available, the more people can get and people get excited about them getting them and then they'll pay to read about it. Uh, that's part of my theory on that whole thing because it's just how many four-star kids Oregon has had over the years that didn't come close to being remotely two-star kids is, is fascinating. But at the end of the day, the bottom line is you want to accumulate as much talent that you believe in as possible and let, you know, the cream rise to the top. And in two classes, full classes, landing on paper has amassed a ton of potentially really good talent. And then you let those guys go compete and the stars will rise up and the other guys will transfer and then you'll just rinse and repeat and you'll fill in with transfers. That said, let's segue into the most fascinating transfer to me. I mean, Gabriel is going to be the starting quarterback, but the fact that Dante Moore is now with Oregon is amazing. <laughs> it's an amazing story already because he committed to Oregon last year, then decommitted, went to UCLA, and now has left UCLA and is, ends up with Oregon, knowing he's going to be the backup more than likely to Gabriel when it was reported widely that he didn't want to back up Bo Nix. I don't know how important, how accurate that was. I didn't do any reporting of that on that myself, but the fact that he's willing to come to Oregon and sit behind Gabriel and then take over. And then of course that has ramifications for Novosad who, you know, if I'm, if I'm him, why am I not in the transfer portal already? Because the Oregon has told you who their starting quarterbacks are going to be for the next four years. Anyway, I find it fascinating that they reeled him back in. What do you think? I find it interesting for two reasons. One they definitely got him at a reduced rate. What, whatever it was the last time, I'm sure that money is not the same. So I find that mm -hmm. fascinating. Because <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, it all came to, it all came down to money last year. More That's so than more so than playing year. right away was. Well, I, mean, I guess yeah, yeah, I, I, I buy that. But I go ahead, continue. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you yeah. know, I think I think they're one A one B, but they're pretty they're pretty close. I mean, you know, UCLA. Was right. It was neck and neck with Oregon, if not, you know, over them. So, you know, whatever. And th there was definitely a bidding war going on. That's for sure. Um, and secondly, Dante Moore now, you know, I, I know everybody sees um, the NCAA is transfer Palooza, but I mean, you can only free transfer once. So he going to be here now. <laughs> At least uh, for another. Yeah, he has to graduate, or, or so. Oregon can so, let him leave. Uh, right. Yes. 
So uh, very, very interesting for those two reasons. Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm a little, maybe I'm a skeptical human being, but I don't think you, I don't think anybody would blame me for this. I mean, if I'm Oregon, I'm like, well, that guy spurned us once. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I personally would have the, would be like, yes, come back. Um, but you know, we don't know the inside workings of it. So therefore I, 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 whatever, whatever. But I do find it. I just, yeah, the whole thing is you're absolutely right. That it's the most interesting commit of the portal for Oregon. And I would say one of the top five, most interesting commits of the entire portal season, if you will, because he could have gone right. somewhere else and started. And but okay, but that's pretty obvious. Well, and he decided what to were the places Oregon. that were going to say you can come here and start because he didn't have a very good year exactly at all. So he didn't live no, up didn't. to the five star five star hype. Although the five star hype is crazy because quarterbacks, especially, you know, should be given some time to actually develop. Not everyone's going to just drop in and be, you know, yes. amazing. Mariota redshirted. Manzel, did, he redshirted, right? Yeah, he redshirted. Oh, he, yeah, I'm pretty sure he registered. No so, um, yeah, so he has time to develop regardless of what he did at UCLA. But given the fact that, you know, coming out of high school, there's always this fantasy that, oh, my God, the, the, all these guys are going to just be amazing out the gate, right? And I remember back in the day telling fans, I'm like, do you, do you realize that when you say that all these freshmen who are coming in are going to be amazing out the gate that you're basically saying that the previous recruiting classes sucked, but I remember you praising those classes as well. That's at some point math has to math and you can't have 65 starters. So Dante now though has film of him playing college football and it wasn't necessarily pretty. So now if you're another team, you're looking at him going, Oh, well he had some flaws that I didn't know he had coming in. Or you're looking at him going, okay, he got his feet wet and we see some positives that we can still develop. If you're Oregon, like you said, on one hand, do you feel like, well, he decommitted from us. We don't want him. I mean, that might be <clears throat> an emotional reaction, but it, it's ultimately not good business. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong because I agree with you. Like that's my inclination as well. But just because he went to UCLA doesn't mean it happened on bad terms. Like, right. Like here's just been like, okay, well, we lost out on you. That's cool. Cause we're good. We're good at quarterback. Anyway, we got Knicks. We'll just see what happens. And I even joked last year. I'm like, who cares if he goes to UCLA? You could probably get him down the road, <laughs> you know? And sure enough, down the road that comes and you get him. And if you're landing and you really believe in this kid coming out and you couldn't get him for whatever reason, whether it was money or not promising him a starting job because you had Bo, then you go get him. And the fact that he'll come now knowing that you also got Gabriel because you're basically saying, look, you didn't show at UCLA that you're ready to be the guy. Gabriel's a baller. I'm bringing him in. You come back him up. We're going to develop you. And then you are our guy in theory, assuming who he pans out. So I thought it was just a great move for them because you got, you got a guy you coveted to come in to be the backup and he can't bail on you unless he graduates. Or if you just don't want him, then you just let him go. So now you have control. People always talk about baseball. In baseball, they always talk about player control. How many control years you have? You got control years on Dante Moore. And if you believe in him, that's huge because now, in theory, you're set at quarterback yeah. 
for at least three years because he's going to have probably have to play two to prove he can make it in the NFL. So you got Gabriel, more, more. You got three years of what you believe is going to be elite, elite level quarterback. So that's some shrewd maneuvering on Lanning. And I look, Lanning has done a great job at Oregon. One of the things I think he's done amazing at, I don't even, I shouldn't even say I think, it's obvious, is using the transfer portal. <laughs> Like he's just ama- he's just amazing at going oh, out, yeah. finding the guys you want at at the positions you need, and bringing those guys in and plugging them in, and them having impact. And so he's done an- another great job here, both getting Gabriel and, of course, getting more in a situation, getting him in where he can't bail on. And it's a better situation. Like had they signed, had he come last year and backed up Bo, he would still be available to just leave at any moment. He could he could come in after Bo dominate and be out. But now he can't do that. He can't dominate in 2025 yep. and be out unless he graduates in three years, but props to him if he does. Anyway, mm-hmm. I thought that was a fascinating twist to this entire thing. Is there anyone else in the class you uh, you uh, are head over heels over, or is it all just a bunch of names with stars by them? <laughs> and they're, like I said, this is not something... I, I put stock into players when they play. actually get there. You know? Like... And by the way, I just want to say that, you know, we, we talked about, you know, Oregon's recruiting class and, you know, got to prove it, you know, that sort of thing. This freshman class that came in, they've had a good year generally. I mean, you have Tatum Tuioti who's been playing. By the way, that kid, that kid's so nice. I interviewed him last year. Great kid. Um, Tatum, who's been playing, you know, Uyunglele, who's been playing, um, yeah, we got a little jury on Dickey in there. I didn't realize that he had a torn meniscus coming into his mm-hmm. freshman year, so that was interesting watching those interviews. Um, but yeah, anyways, so I mean, this it's they've they've had a good, they've had a decent class um, so far, that, and then they've had freshmen who have been playing. So um, you know, I mean, it's obviously not everybody right. in the freshman class, but that's to be expected. So um, so you know, yeah, it, so far so good in terms of these freshmen being 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 good you know we'll, we'll we'll see how it goes we'll see how things develop over time but so far absolutely so good all right take us to uh OSU. you you had a very uh interesting interview recently that's gonna air next week talk about that yeah yeah yeah, so um, I went down there yesterday to do a one-on-one with Trent Bray because the Sun Bowl is on Coin Six's airwaves. So I was like, okay, this makes sense to go down there and, and chat it up with Trent. Um, only ten guys in their signing class, but you know, something that he he told me is he's like, you know, look, like, I was like, what's the biggest what's the biggest thing you've taken away from these first few weeks as head coach? And he's like, just remembering to tell myself to breathe <laughs> and that everything will be fine. Um, you know, I, I think that one of the things that um, one of the things he said in his signing day presser is that learned a lot from the first time around when they did this at Oregon State um, when they came in and, you know, had to put together a signing day class. And he was like, hey, you know what? Like, do not just rush to put kids in to push kids in. Do not fill holes just because you feel like you need to fill holes. Like, do not run out there and just grab whoever because – it it ultimately normally doesn't work out very well. So um, I respect that. I respect that thought process. Um, they did sign uh, the McCoy kid from Idaho yesterday, or at least he announced that he's coming yesterday. 
Um, I'm excited to see that as somebody who kind of, you know, keeps tangential chabs on Idaho football because uh, I used to cover them. Um, which, by the way, like their their resurgence has been nothing short of miraculous. I don't know how they did it, but shout out to them. Um, that coaching staff at Idaho came in and 180 that thing in record time, especially for a uh, for an FC, F, FCS program. Um, Giovanni McCoy, that's the uh, the new quarterback, and he's he's pretty fun. You know, he can he can run a little bit, he can pass a little bit. He's he's a good time. So. Um, That'll be that'll be interesting to watch and see how how that goes in that quarterback room. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's uh, yeah, yeah there's only, only 10? ten kids in the in the recruiting class for their, their only ten freshmen. freshmen. Okay. Yep. Okay. Right. Yeah, and right. freshmen. I'm not talking about transfers. Um, but you know, that's that was kind of what they what they 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 didn't want to just offer anybody to offer them. So uh, respect for that. I, I do I do respect that and you know we'll see how that February signing day period goes for them. So but they're they're getting they're getting people in. You know, they're slowly but surely getting people in. Uh, I will say what is interesting, Trent told me that um the Sun Bowl will be the first time that he's at a college football game and is not coaching since do you want to take no. a guess what, what year? What was the last time you went to a college football game and since was not coaching? Ever. 2006. Wow. Crazy. You want to know? So, you want to know last time I went? To, yeah, that's. I was like, how are you, how are you going to do it? You want to know like, last time I went to a bowl game that I wasn't <laughs> covering? Never. Tell me. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, last time I went to a bowl game I wasn't covering was when I was working in Montana, and someone offered me free tickets too. <laughs> Oh, one of the worst Rose Bowl games ever. Poor Iowa. They just didn't stand a chance against mm. Christian McCaffrey in Stanford. Rough, baby. I mean, I got into the stadium and Stanford had already scored. <laughs> had already scored. So yeah, it was 2000. I mean, that must have been 2000. I mean, it was probably 2015. It's like, on the day 2015. So McCoy, you, you mentioned him already. <clears throat> yep. What's really cool about this, sort of like the Dante Moore thing, is that he's he's transferred now, right? So he could come in and kill it for you, and he can't leave. He can't bail on you. Um, yeah. And he, and he was only a freshman. Yeah. Clearly solid. 2,900 yards passing, 15 touchdowns, 8 picks. And I'm trying to find his rushing numbers here. Um a little small though, six foot one seventy. Beef him up a little bit, but that's that's a good recovery for what went down with them. To be able, to, okay. So this says freshman, yeah. but he's played. He's he's played. I was going to say, I'm pretty three. sure he's played he's two played years. A little bit, 21, 22, 23. Why is it showing him as a freshman? ESPN is up there. Anyway, so he's had two good years. So 2,700 yards in 22 with 27 touchdowns, seven picks. And then this past year, 2,900 yards. Um, so he has – the first year, they only threw 32 passes, so he probably registered that year. So he has two years left. And who knows, maybe he's a great student and he can bail. But anyway, regardless, yes. given what happened with them at quarterback, for them to be able to go out and get a guy like this with this kind of experience in production is, is huge. 
Okay. Break it down. Here's what happened. I have your I have your official uh Giovanni okay. McCoy timeline. Uh his freshman year was fall of 2021, right. but he only appeared in so three games. So therefore he redshirted. So then he he won the starting job in 2022. Right. ESPN.com has him listed as a freshman. Year, so that's so clearly wrong. So, yeah, you know, do we expect ESPN.com to be I right mean, on FCS on, football class standings? But this yeah, past year, he was listed yeah. as a redshirt sophomore, so he'll have two years left. Anyway, regardless, nice get. Heck, that's even better because now you got three years of experience with this kid. One year as a redshirt, two years as a starter. That's nice, man. It's a nice piece. I like it. I like it. Yeah, it's. It's not, it's not it's not bad it's not a bad uh not not a bad get for them like i said you know i just i i kind of i kind of keep tabs of what's going <clears throat> on there and uh yeah it's it's not it's not it's not bad let's see here i'm looking at his rushing yards um and of course it like cuts off i think it's like 188 so not a ton we had some he had some bad games towards the end there um in terms sacks. of rushing was he get, was he get, was it was he going okay the first like six and then it maybe I mean, you know, Weber State minus twenty-two, Southern Illinois minus. Oh wait, no, that was twenty-five. Okay, he had twenty-five, and then Albany he had uh, minus two. So there you go. Um, but I mean, still a uh, a a decent a decent get for them for sure. Somebody who is so Martinez really news not going to play in the bowl game after all. Woo! This has been fun. <laughs> Uh, I believe it was the day before the Pac-12 championship game. He got uh, he was popped with a DUII, mm-hmm. I believe. I believe that's the official terminology um, for an officer smelling marijuana in his car. Then about a week ago, um, the prosecutor decided not to press charges. Uh, when he was popped with that DUII, the um, the o- Oregon State said, you're suspended for the bowl game. You're not playing. Uh, then about a week ago, they decide, okay, the prosecutor decides they're not going to press charges for it. So then OSU comes out and says his suspension is lifted. Everybody thinks Damian Martinez is going to play in the bowl game. Yip de doo. And then on Monday, the interim head coach has a press conference and says, Not so fast, my fine friends. Damian Martinez is not even on campus right now. <laughs> because he went back home once once he was told that he was suspended for the game, he went back home to go hang out with his with his family. So he is still back in Texas and has not been practicing or working out. So later that day, Trent Bray comes out and says, Damian Martinez will not be playing in the bowl game. It's in his best interest, blah, 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 blah. So yeah, Damian Martinez uh, still in Texas, um, not with the team right now. And um, yeah, there you go. That was a whole that was a whole saga that we went on for, for a few weeks, especially after it was announced that he was not going to get charged with that DUII. Because uh, I think everybody just assumed then, oh, he's playing. And there really wasn't any info to, like, not back that up. And then all of a sudden it was like, plot twist, never mind. So, um, I mean, I, I guess I kind of get it in terms of, I, you know, 
I get it. I get why it all happened the way it happened. It's disappointing that Damien isn't going to play, but I understand why mm. he's not playing. <clears throat> I don't know. The whole thing is the whole thing was bizarre to say the least. But it's yeah, been a bizarre I mean, I, few weeks for that yeah. program, no doubt. But they got a coach yes. who cares. They got a QB transfer. It's got piece things together. They got a schedule. They, they got a good running back. They got a schedule, right? They do have a. They schedule. do have a schedule. So hey, no, no dates yeah. right now, but they have a schedule. Roll forward. I. I mean, no dates. I'm still Williams. hopeful that down the road they'll land somewhere. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, but. Yes, which yes. leads us to our next. It looks like the next uh, thing, right? The other programs at the school who've been, you know, one of the things with with all the realignment is that in you know, the destruction of the Pac-12 is that football dragged all these other programs into this mess, and a lot of them face different challenges because of the number of games they play, and then having to travel, you know, for, I mean, far away for way more games than the football team does. Uh, I still can't believe Cal and Stanford are in, in the ACC, but Oregon State's other uh, sp- excuse me sports programs are going to play in the WCC for two years. Is that right? It's a two year agreement. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's cool because it gives them a place to land. It gives them a con- and they and they all now can they win conference titles? I forget. Or are they just playing the schedule? I don't think I've seen anything that says they so can't. They're going to be in it to win it. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't think this is a Mountain West situation where they can't win conference titles. There, I'm pretty sure uh, we are all good to go on that. Um, WCC affiliate members, um, yeah, affiliate status through the NCAA allows for member member affiliates to compete for conference and nice. national championships. Love it. So there you have it. Yeah. It's hilarious for me personally on multiple levels. This is this is not as local, but still local. First of all, Wazoo's head basketball coach Kyle Smith was at USF before this. <laughs> um, so he's like he he gave a quote last night that was so funny. He's like, "All right, so are we like nailing a crucifix somewhere? Like, what are we? Are we Jesuit? Are we Christian Brothers? Like, what?" What 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 uh what sect of Catholic priest are we going with here? <laughs> Which I thought was so funny. And he's like, Well, you know, it's good. Like he's like, I'm familiar with the conference at least, which is so funny. And then also, you know, Wazoo has been trying to get Gonzaga back on their schedule for uh ever since Kyle Smith got there, basically. And um now all of a sudden it's like, Congratulations, you're not only playing them once, but twice, and you get a home game out of it. <laughs> just so funny <laughs> it's so funny how things work now of course you know who knows gonzaga has done the whole i i don't know how many times gonzaga has done the conference realignment song and dance to no avail uh so i'm definitely in believe it when i see it territory with them who knows i mean they might they might try to leave but as of right now i just don't i don't think they really have any options that are actually legitimate um so you know, we've heard them in the Big 12 multiple times, but there's no vote. Like, the, the affiliate members don't want to vote them in for right. just basketball. So, um, so yeah. Uh, but who knows? I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But so far, Gonzaga has not made that happen. So, um, anyways, I find that to just be 
uh, hilarious on 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 several levels. But um, you know, I mean, I'm 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 glad that there's a home. Um, you know, if I'm if I'm that conference, I'm not. Oh, by the way, they are not joining mm. in baseball, or at least as of right now, not joining in baseball, which I find fascinating. Um, because Oregon State is basically going to try to play an independent baseball mm, schedule, which also means Wazoo is going to have to play an independent baseball schedule unless they decide to join in that sport. We'll see. Uh, which I mean, Oregon State's in a much better position than Wazoo baseball. Uh, let's put it that way. Uh, so I, I would not be surprised if Wazoo ends up eventually joining the WCC, at least for baseball. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it, it is interesting that they couldn't get into the that the Mountain West. I, I guess there was just too many logistical challenges with the Mountain West to make it happen. So that's fascinating to me because um, it seems like the Mountain West is definitely way it's a better better fit um uh, i'm 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 searching for the word here right now uh, biography isn't right but biography oh. resume wise it's a better fit prestige like prestige well just like there's no public schools in the well is pacific a public school pacific might be a public school um but other than that, I mean, it's traditionally a conference of small Catholic schools um, or religious schools, I guess you could say, if you want to add BYU in there. And BYU isn't small, but, you know, still fits that profile at least. So um, whereas the Mountain West has more public schools in it, that makes sense. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm just I'm just glad that there's there's, you know, at least things are clear. You know, it's been six months of a lot of uncertainty so so that's nice at the very least any thoughts on your end no i mean other than the fact that i'm glad for those other programs that they have you know a home and a, and a conference where they can actually compete and win and maybe win a championship it's just you know i, I feel badly for all those other programs and, and with everything that's happened it's just it's very it's all very unseemly to me so Yes. I at least want to see the other student athletes not be completely dumped on. Although they're still going from playing in the Pac-12 to playing in the WCC. Yeah. Um, no offense to the WCC, but it's not Pac-12. So if you're a kid and you go to no, Oregon State thinking you're going to compete in the Pac-12 and now you're not, it's it, that's that's going to suck. Anyway, it doesn't... Yeah. Good. Um, I... I Something that we did forget to put mm. on our rundown that is uh, important is that the finally the legal oh, case yeah. with WSU and Oregon State is settled. I want to know those terms so bad. Someone leak them, so, please. Or, or like I want to know control. what was. But, but, yes, but I want to know what the actual like yeah. settlement was. So bad. I want to know it's so bad. Um. Eventually, I'm sure we will find out right now. That's I, I have not seen that anywhere. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm i sure I, I <laughs> for uh, for whatever reason, I used an off day. I mean, you know, it's obvious why, but uh, I used an off day to watch that lovely court or that lovely trial or whatever you want to call it hearing. I guess it's hearing uh, in Colfax, Washington, 
What a time. How many times have I driven through Colfax, Washington in my life? Too many to count. Um, over the Pac-12 settlement. Just hilarious that it all went down there. Hilarious. Um, the, 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 the thing Colfax is most famous for is basically don't, don't speed through it because you will get popped. <laughs> you will get a ticket. Uh, that's like what Colfax is known for. So, um, cause that's, you know, the one quote unquote town that you really do drive through to get to Pullman. So, um, I watched that whole trial mm-hmm. or hearing, I guess it's hearing. And I thought to myself, I mean, it was just obvious from the jump. It was like, oh, these schools are not going to win this. Like, it's not happening. Like, they, their cases. Pee-wee. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a lawyer, but I know when your argument ain't good. And I know, and it was, it was just so obvious. Um, and especially, you know, then, then. The Washington Supreme Court's like, yeah, no, we're not even this. I mean, this this case isn't even strong enough for us to look at. They're like, nope, not doing it. So um, very interested to see. I'm I'm very interested to see what happens in two years. Because that is going to be really where. You know, they, they have to make a decision in two years because the NCAA will right. force them. So. Um, you know, right now we sit and wait, we will see what ultimately ends up happening, but, um, they've bought two years of insurance. And like I said, I just, I just want to know the terms of that deal. So bad. I want to know it. <laughs> Give it to me. All oh, right. Let's oh, well. close. Well, we have two more topics here. First one. <laughs> Actually, let's 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 get to the the fun one first. PSU buzzer beaters. Portland State men's. Like you you want to talk about the good thing first? We'll end with the Blazers. Uh, at least one team in town is winning in dramatic fashion late in games. Portland State basketball. Yeah. What's going on there? They're, What's going they're on doing there? That. With the Vikes. Um, you know, just wanted to talk about them. They're they're nine and three through non conference play, which is pretty good. For a for a big sky team, uh, they do have a loss to St. Thomas, which is bad. Um, <laughs> pretty sure that's not a D one program. If it is, it's not a good one. Uh, they have a loss to Wazoo and they have a loss to San Diego. So those aren't those aren't bad losses. Um, the other one is, but that one isn't. Uh, and then uh, they have hit three buzzer beaters this year. <laughs> One against Cal Baptist, uh, 66-63, so they were tied going into that final possession. One against U of P, 75-74. I guess U of P technically did get a shot up, but it was like a half-court shot, so, you know. Um, And then against Fresno State in overtime, they hit a three as uh, the buzzer sounded. So let's see. Ismail Habib has hit two of them, the one over Portland and the one over Cal Baptist. And then uh KJ Allen got in on the uh got in on the action as well. So game winner at the buzzer. So a very uh nice non-con for them. Gotta gotta give them their flowers. We don't, you know, UP, Portland State. They're they're you know they're they're like they aren't going to get covered as much as other teams. So uh, so when they do something good like that, you got to give it to them. I think right now, at least the last time I I saw, Lenardi had 
Portland State as the uh, team to make it out of out of the Big Sky to the mm. NCAA tournament. We will see if that actually happens. You know, these it's really hard to judge those sort of things in non-con because mm. you know everybody's just buying games and stuff at that level. But um, well, they were tw- they were twelve and nineteen but yeah, last year. And they mean, were already got nine and ones this year. That says a lot. Yeah. So, shout out to Jace Coburn, man. He's he's getting it going over there. So, yeah i uh, I just wanted to I just wanted to give them give them their flowers as they turn the page towards conference play. They're playing in my former neck of the woods at Eastern and at Idaho next week. Um, but yeah, you know, kind of a kind of a cool story to keep your eyes peeled on as as we uh, we start Big Sky. They might win more games than the Blazers. They are they nine might. and three. It's actually not a bad and the Blazers goal. are seven and twenty. You know what I'm saying? Uh, okay. So the Blazers had the Blazers We're had a shot it. at the buzzer beater last night. Grant missed a yeah, left handed floater hooking kind of thing off that went just harmlessly off the backboard. They lost one eighteen to one seventeen to the Wizards. If you remember I did this with you and I did this on the Blazer podcast and pretty much everywhere I spoke and I wrote about it that, you know, they entered a stretch of eight of nine at home and six of the games against oh, the yes, losing we team. Talked about this. There actually was a stretch even further back where I looked ahead and I'm like, the only game I see on the schedule where you'd say flat out they'll be favored to win would be the Wizards. And this was actually the second time they were favored. They were favored at home against Utah recently because Utah was missing most of its good players and the Blazers were still in like a they went up to five. This past game, they were a three and a half, I think, point favorite against the Wizards. They lost both of those games. So, the, so the two games where you held on the schedule, where you think they should win, they lost, and of course they're losing the other ones, except for that Phoenix game. See, that's the thing. They beat Phoenix. I'm thinking, oh, you know what? That's that's a good win. They should take care of the Wizards. But the Wizards have an offense, and the Blazers' defense has been kind of weak, and they've been starting a lot of games slowly. So what they do, they came out, they started slowly on offense and on defense. The Wizards got a lead, and the Blazers had to play catch-up the entire game. They finally caught them, had a chance to win it, but couldn't quite get it done. (sighs) This team's just – I'm just exhausted. They're wearing me out. If I'm a Blazers fan, don't show up until the second quarter. Like, don't even put yourself through the first quarter, okay? Because I, I, I did. I put <coughs> myself through the first quarter against the Suns. And that was, by the way, that was, that was this is embarrassing to say, but it's just, it's the truth. Um, That was my first game this year. Because I had to leave. I mean, I, unless we're counting the other, apparently I only show up for Phoenix Suns games. Uh, unless we're counting the, uh, the preseason game. That was um, your first game? Because I had to leave after the home opener. Yeah. Yeah. I had to leave after the home opener, um, after my live shots in the five, because, of course, the home opener is on a Friday. We don't have anybody who can go shoot high school football games unless it's me and my photographer. So, guess what, ladies and gents? There I was. I went went and shot high school football that night, so I did not stick around for, for that actual game. Um... So, yeah, uh, that first half was, I mean. Washington mm, did not mm, look mm, like the first a 4 quarter, I guess. Team. I They're now 5-22. They were connected. They were 
moving the ball around. They were draining threes all over the place. Like Kyle Kuzma was a monster. And I'm thinking, how is this team four and twenty-two? Oh, they look this well. That's good because they're playing against the Blazers. Although they did beat Indiana a couple nights ago. Um, but yeah, that, that was just bad. And I asked Anthony, um, because there's been a lot of talk after some of these losses where they're playing well against good teams. Yeah, right? I, saw, I saw that. They're battling back. They're showing that fight. They haven't yeah. been quitting, which is all well and good. But then you don't take that and apply that from start to finish against a team that you're probably better than maybe. <laughs> I got to say maybe now, right? It's just lost. <clears throat> you know, and he said for sure, you know, that's disappointing. This, you know, this is a team that you would expect to beat. But Billups has said numerous times that we're not – he says we're not good enough to be expected to beat anybody, regardless of what you might think looking at the rosters and the records and the stats. Like, they're just not good enough. <clears throat> and one of the things he pointed to last night was in terms of, you know, getting off the bad starts and things like that is that they don't have a quote-unquote alpha player who will assure mm-hmm. – that he's that the team's not going to let the other team go on 12 runs <laughs> that, you know, they can throw the ball to him and he's going to get off to a good start. So the whole team gets off to a reasonably good start. Um, yeah. Some people like took that as a diss on Anfrey and be, because he scored 41, but that 41 is irrelevant to this conversation. What he's talking about is, is obvious. We, we just saw Luca. Yeah. We just saw Steph. We just saw KD and we just saw book. You know who I'm talking about without me using their full names, right? Because those are alpha players. Those are yep. dogs. Those are dudes. So what, what Billups is talking about is a guy, you know, he's been MVP candidate or won an MVP and or been all NBA, uh, all-star multiple times. His rookie card's $2,000. Like that guy, right? They don't have. Now, Ant could one day be that guy. Um, and maybe Sharp and Scoop, who are 1920, or even remotely close right now. But Ant's got to, like, earn that. Like Ant's never, he's been a starter for one season. And now this season where he's only played nine games, he's never been a starter on a playoff team. He's never been the best player on a playoff team or even the second best player on a playoff team. He's a really talented young kid who's growing to his own. And I do believe has the potential to be an all-star, but he's not even close to what Billups is talking about. And you had that guy and Damien and he walked, but you're sort of seeing where, you know, not just the production because Ant can score, but the leadership on the court and in the locker room. Like this is a team that's yeah. very quiet. Grant was talking about this recently. Like they don't have a lot of talkers. People are pretty quiet. And Chauncey talked nope. about how, you know, he's, he's hilarious when he said, you know, we have kind of a team that's really cool, right? They're all cool cats, you know, cool customers. And they sort of cool their way into games. I thought it was just a great line by yeah. him. And then, then when they get down, then they get fired up. And now it's time to go. And he wants them to do that. Like, you know, from the jump. And so, very interesting. Uh, the only interesting thing that came out of that was just all that discussion. But yeah, I mean, he's he's one hundred percent correct. Yeah, I mean, I, when he was talking about needing an elf, like there was no elf on the team. I took it as like there's just nobody on that team that is going to come up to that bench uh, from a player standpoint and tell everybody to get their ish in gear. Correct. Okay, <laughs> like that's that's not their personality. And when you don't have anybody, you know, I, I do think that in the future, Scoot could be that guy, uh, but he doesn't have the standing right now to, to do that. And that's totally okay. That's, 
that's I think that's the right thing. You know, I think, you, I, I think it's pretty clear if you can't buy alcohol. I, I'm gonna use that. I'm always gonna go to that line. You can't buy alcohol. You're not gonna lead an NBA team. Go ahead. <laughs> no. Yep, I agree with you. Um, and by the way, as much as Sharp has blossomed this year in terms of like being a better, being more open with the media, not being as as shy, that sort of Sharp is never gonna be that player. That's just not his personality. That's not who he is. So um, I don't mean that as a, as a slight. I think that he would, he's just not the guy that's going to be up in people's faces. That's just not his personality. That's fine. Everybody's allowed to have their own personality and you shouldn't try to make yourself be something you're not. Um, so yeah, anyways, there's just nobody on that team that can, that can go out that, that yeah, that can just go out there and, 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 have that have that presence and when you don't have somebody you know what i thought the most telling thing was when he's talking about alphas uh, before he talked about alphas he talked about you know who's the somebody asked him you know who's the person who's setting the tone in the terms of that sort of thing and the first thing out of his mouth was that tumani kamara a rookie is setting the tone on defense and i was like Oh Lord! Oh that's Lord! That's one of the he's starting is because he's like, the only guy. I mean, he and I know and Matisse, but Matisse is a guard, and you need a you need a forward, and and yep. Tumani brings size, and he does have that tenacity. So yeah, he's setting the tone on defense, and they don't have like I should, they and and can score, but it's just a different mentality. It's that that alpha, that dog. Like I'm yeah. coming in here, and I'm just gonna you're not gonna stop me. It's exactly. that fu mentality, you know, and, and Ant's got Ant's got to develop that if he wants to be that guy. But it's not it's not for everybody. I mean, Ant could just be better as an elite scorer who's the number two personality on a team. That could be that could just be what he is. And the Blazers yeah. have to find that number one personality. Yeah, just the fact that the first thing out of his mouth was that a rookie is their spark defensively. I mean, it's not it's not that that is new information or of you for you or I, but I think that just really puts everything into perspective in terms of where this team is at. You know, when a rookie is their fire on defense, you're just and this is no shade to Tumani, like absolutely none. It's just that's 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 not a winning formula. <clears throat> it's not a winning formula. From last year, one of the statements I last year from everybody, they lacked size and veterans, and that, of course, impacts defense. Guys with size who know how to play defense. Did they address any of that? They got Aiton, he's size, and they got Robert Negative. Williams. But Aiton's not a plus defender. Williams is, but he's hurt. So Williams, Williams was really the one that would, would have fit that bill, but yeah. he's been hurt, and he would have been a backup anyway. So then... Since you didn't yep. really address those issues, you end up starting a second-round pick who's done really well, but his main thing is defense. That helps, but he shouldn't be, like you said, he shouldn't be the main thing. If he were the third no. thing, now you have a really good defense, right? So, yeah, but but, but we, I, yeah, I mean, this, yeah. It, it, it is what it is. It, it's a team that doesn't fit. You got too many young players trying to grow. You've had some injuries. You have some quiet people, and you have a center that you don't know what he is. He's an enigma. 
<laughs> you know, he, he gave you that aggression the other night. He had a good game last night, but you know, he's not he's not necessarily asserting himself as a dominant presence either, which is part of the problem. Yeah. That's, and I don't know if anyone totally can fair. Like, I don't know if anyone in the roster is like, I need to be the one to fix this. I think it's such a reserved I think the only one who may have that personality is Scoot. But he's 19 and not ready. I mean, he can, you know, he's not ready. Yeah, he's not ready. Wise, but, but, you know, again, sometimes I get into these modes where, like, I'm being hypercritical, but then and I pull myself back and remember that everything I'm criticizing we knew coming in. And it's just, it is what it is, and you just have to let it play out. And let people go through their growing pains and get to the draft. <laughs> I'll give the Blazers their flowers for that Phoenix Suns yeah. win. That was impressive. I, I'm not gonna lie. I uh, definitely was like sitting there, like, all right. Eventually, at some point, they're gonna they're gonna fold here. They're gonna fold. Like, that's how I'm feeling. They're gonna fold, and they didn't do it. So, you know. Shout out to them for that. We will give them their flowers in terms of that. But this Wizards loss was um, not an inspiring follow-up. No, Let's put it that way. Golden State Saturday, L. Home, Sacramento, L. And then, watch, they're going to win one of those two, of course, because <laughs> it's the NBA, right? And then two against San Antonio. Yep. They should win both, which means they'll split. So <laughs> they might get one more year, one more win before they start a long road trip in January where they go to Phoenix, Dallas twice, Brooklyn, New York, and I can't remember who else. But that could be like a seven-game losing streak. Anyway, anything else? <laughs> On that depressing note. Anything else to talk about? Happy you know, holidays. What do you expect to get for Christmas? <laughs> or do you care about those things anymore? Um, I don't know, man. You know... I've finally reached the age where, you know, with the exceptions of some things, if I want it, I just get right. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have finally gotten to that point in my journalism career where I can actually do that. Wow. What a time <laughs> to be alive. Um, so, yeah, there's nothing that would uh, that would that would really, uh, really strike your fancy. The big ticket item that I am currently weighing, which is, I mean. Uh, if you're if you're watching online, um, and my my sweatshirt right now says "Karma is a cat," and it's all of T Taylor Swift's Swift's mm. albums as cats. Her album covers cats. Incredible sweatshirt. Um, yeah, so it's like you know different. They're dressed yeah, like Taylor got, Swift. Yeah, yeah, we got a lot of different Cute. stuff going on. So, um, but uh, yeah, I uh, in in that vein, I am mulling. Uh, buying myself a this has been going on for a while buying myself uh a like automatic uh cat litter box mm. this is the thing so anyways that's woohoo i'm 32 <laughs> soon and that's where we're getting real exciting do we want to buy the automatic cat litter box um so yeah anything for you I've been 30 years into the, if I want it, I'll just get it kind of thing. Well, maybe 25 years into that. Um, so there's nothing like there's, there's no silly things I probably want. Like, you know, some kind of bears golf jacket or something like that. Um, but it, 
so like I'll sort of give hints on those kind of things and then get it because I probably wouldn't pull the trigger on buying that because I tend to try and be responsible and gear most of my excess money to the kids. Um, speaking of which, that's leading to my son, my little son he wants, or my, sorry, my youngest son wants a PS5. And so that's a cool gift. Mm. That's a cool gift because, Ooh. of course, I will play it as well. So I kind of look at it like we're getting a PS5 for Christmas. <laughs> By the way, the the Blazer shopping mm-hmm. spree at Fred Meyer definitely the most uh, the most sought after item was the PS5. And <laughs> I got a shot of a kid getting a PS5 he, he placed in his hands, and it so was amazing like 500k oh yeah 500 bucks i know yeah no a bunch of kids got them there's there's i got another shot of one of the guys at checkout who had three ps5 stacked on top of like one of like the the helpers at checkout three ps5s just stacked on top of each other (laughs) but yeah this kid got a ps5 and his like kid his friend came around the corner and he had it in his hands and you could just he was like like, you know, for those that are, you know, not watching, I mean, his his mouth was completely open and this kid comes around the corner. Uh, this other kid comes around the corner and he goes, I got it. I got it. It was so cool. It was so cool. He's like, I can finally play with you what now. Was your, what was your uh, like most exciting moment on in terms of getting a present birthday or Christmas or whatever? Oh, man. Do you have one that springs to mind? I gotta think. I really, 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 really wanted a Walter Payton jersey. And back then, you didn't go on Amazon. You didn't. And I lived. I was living in rural Arizona. Yeah. They had these things called these Sears catalogs. I'm sure you've heard of the Sears catalog. So big, thick. Oh yes. So much fun to look through those things because they always had way cooler things than the local stores had. And they had all the NFL jerseys, and they had a Walter Payton one, and I wanted it. so bad. And it's like you have to click out the thing and send in the order and all that kind of stuff. And so on Christmas that year, yeah. I think it was 82 maybe, my, I had a bunch of presents and only two looked like they could have been a jersey. A box and then something else. I opened them and they weren't. And I still had three or four presents left. I got a lot of presents. I was spoiled only child. And I was so upset. And I started crying. <laughs> my mom was like... Oh, my, I've got a great like, story about that. Go, Continue. I asked for one thing. There's only one thing I wanted. It's a Walter Payton jersey. You got me like 10 presents and none of them were a jersey. And she goes, open that one right there. And what she had done is she took the jersey and she rolled it up. So it looked like just a tube. Uh, and when I picked it up, I felt it was soft. And I, was, I felt so ridiculous. I was like, oh. And I opened it up. Oh, my God. I go, I'm sorry. And I was like, oh, I wore it like, oh, my God. That thing was probably funky. (laughs) I've got a good one. I've got, okay, first of all, the first thing that pops to mind in terms of presents, um, I got the pink Game Boy, the clear pink Game Boy. I wanted that so bad. Oh, loved my Game Boy. I did not play like anything else, but I loved my Game Boy. The Game Boy was it. And I had, and here's the deal. My birthday is December 30th, so everything kind of runs together. So I did technically get that for my birthday. Like four of my friends went in on it together for me when I, when I was, you know, like fifth grade or something. Um, so appreciate that. That was great. However, here is, here is where 
Oh, this was so bad. So bad. But you know what? When you're a teenage girl, like you have to understand the pressure on you to keep up with everybody else is so real. And um, I was, let's see, it must have been like seventh grade. And let me tell you, that year, the Juicy Couture sweatsuit was it, baby. Okay? Juicy Couture sweatsuits. It was a huge thing. It was the, the if you are 30, you know, ex- I, you know exactly what I'm talking about, okay? These things were like currency, okay? Like, yeah, the, especially the hoodies. The hoodies with the J zipper. They had a zipper that was in the shape of a J. Huge thing, okay? All I wanted for Christmas was a Juicy Couture sweatsuit. That's all I wanted. I wanted this juicy couture sweatsuit so bad. God, this is just, uh, I feel so like disgusting even telling this story, but whatever. And <laughs> but, so but I'll continue. Uh, my parents always did this thing. I'm going to continue. I'm going to continue embarrassing myself. Um, my parents always did this thing where they'd let me open one present on Christmas Eve. So I go in on Christmas Eve and I pick this present and I open it up and we, you know, remove the box. And it is a purple Adidas sweatsuit. And the all-out meltdown that I had is one of the most embarrassing yet memorable things that I will ever, that I that I have in my brain. Because I took that as, you are not getting a Juice and Couture sweatsuit, but here's this Adidas sweatsuit. And at that point, you know, I was... I was definitely bullied in uh, in middle school, to say the least. Like, it was, yeah, it was rough. It was rough out there. And I, I was not good at fighting back, and I would just get, I the girls in my grade were, were okay. vicious, okay? We're not going to name the school. Um, <laughs> but it was vicious. And... Um, and so I saw it and I had a panic attack because I was like, I'm going to get made fun of at school over this. I am going to get absolutely, completely made fun of. And this is going to be so embarrassing and I cannot wear this. I cannot wear this. Well, of course, the next day I open up my presents and there's a... There's Wait, so a you melted down and they didn't tell you? They just let you melt down? Nope. They just let me melt down. That's worse than my story. I think maybe later that night, maybe my mom was like, calm down. Like, you know, whatever. What's it called again? Um, But yeah. What's this? What'd you say? Juicy Couture. They were, they were a sweatsuit and a, a, it was a a zip up sweatshirt, not sweatshirt. I don't know. Hoodie, whatever. And then it was, and then you had sweatpants like with it. They were like velour or terry cloth sweatpants. Um, Juicy. Juicy. How you normally spell. Yeah, juicy. Couture. And then couture. It came Uh, right up. They must be hearing me. Yeah. It was... Well, they're big now again, which is hilarious. They're big now again. Um, I I didn't realize that I had some... I had collector's items when I gave all of my... All of my all my zip ups away. And, you know, I just want to say like 
this I, I, I'm not joking oh, when I tell you that these things, things were currency okay. because yes because my freshman year of high school I um by the way high schools just generally when you do a spirit week do not do a twin day okay because it is bound to cause drama like what are we doing what are we thinking it is always going to cause drama between girls. Who's with who? And it becomes this whole like thing. And it's just, it's so stressful. Do not do them. Okay. If you're a high school administrator listening to this and you have a spirit week, do not do a twin day. Please, for the love of God. So anyways, I, um, a curl that I was friends with, put a quotation marks, decided to go be a twin with the girl that I thought I was going to twin with. They didn't, so I, I got my twin taken from me, quote unquote, whatever, that's fine, I don't care. Um, and then she had taken, at one point I remember, I, she had like eight of my things at her house, okay? So she was like coming to my house and pilfering things kind of behind my back. And I, I remember my freshman year. She had worn one of my Juicy Couture sweatshirts home. Sweatsuits, whatever you want to call it. The zip up, the hoodie, home. So she decided to inform me that the only thing that her and that other girl had that was the same thing was my Juicy hoodie that she had taken home. And so she wanted to wear it for twin day with the girl that she had taken from me. And I will never forget her calling my house because my mom and I knew what was going on. And my dad didn't know. And my mom and I yelling bloody murder to my dad. Do not pick up the phone <laughs> because we were not going to have her wearing my thing that day. And so she showed up to school the next day. We had one class together. We showed up to school the next day and she threw the Juicy Couture hoodie in my face in my class because she was so angry that I wouldn't let her wear it. Mm. Did you fight back? No, I think <laughs> I just took it. I was like, thanks. Thanks for giving it back to me. You know? But yeah. So these things were like, I mean, these, and like I said, she was, I remember another point, she tried to walk out of my house with one on and my mom was like, um, I don't think that's yours. <laughs> so yeah, these things were, were like currency and, uh, yeah, like, so this girl decided to, decided to take advantage of, of, of that situation. So yeah, they were, they were big. They were a big thing. I'm embarrassed about my meltdown on Christmas, but, um, you know, being a girl in middle yeah. school's rough, man. You don't want to <laughs> get made fun of. So yeah, I, I, it was it perfectly pinged at all my insecurities at that time. And it just made me melt like Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. There's there's probably my most memorable gift right there. <laughs> okay, well, you got me beat on the crazy meter with that one. <laughs> I did it. Hooray. Me, Congratulations me to overnight. me. Thinking I didn't get a Walter Payton jersey was nothing compared to your meltdown, but uh, I get it. You know, I wanted I wanted the jersey just because I wanted the jersey. You wanted the sweatshirt because you wanted the sweatshirt, and you knew it meant something to your peers. 
There's pressure. I didn't have peer pressure. You had peer pressure to do it. Yeah. So you win. Oh, yeah. All right. And you, the listeners, if you made it this far, you won because you got to hear that, that great story about <laughs> Brenna, a middle school Brenna melting down. Is there a video? Is there a video? The two part is meltdown there... over the sweatshirt and the is girl trying to steal oh, my sweatshirt. So there you go. That would been amazing. No, there's no there's there's no video of that. All right. <laughs> so well, that concludes our show. And uh we'll see everyone well not see everyone, but we'll be back next week after the holidays and uh we'll uh we'll have tales of, yeah. of Christmas joy and sorrow <laughs> to tell <laughs> when something happens. Um and uh, I guess got a couple more blazer games coming up. Ugh. Yeah, anyway. Uh, look on your face I just want them to be decent so that makes it more fun anyway uh, thanks for listening we will catch you later on the Oregonian Sports Podcast